Welcome to episode 10 of Super States, Practices of Transformation with me, your host, Joshua Peters. If you, like me, find yourself fascinated by this idea of using trance states for personal or professional growth, and by trance states, I'm talking about hypnosis, psychedelics, breathwork, sexuality, and more, you're listening to the right podcast. In this episode, I talk with Rochelle Taylor. Rochelle is a motivational speaker and an affirmation expert. She'll take us on her journey from addiction to abundance. So listen up. You're about to change your perspective, change your life with Rochelle Taylor. Welcome to Super States, and I am here with Rochelle Taylor. I'm super excited to have you here, Rochelle. Uh, Rochelle, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. I'm super excited, too. Uh, Rochelle, uh, why don't you tell us what you do and how that can make a difference in people's lives, like how that you know, transforms lives? Uh, so I am a motivational speaker uh, and a coach, and what I do is actually try to transform people's lives specifically. Um, so talking to people about what is it that they want to change? Um, what I, When I started talking to people initially, I thought it was just a matter of telling people what I thought they needed to hear, what I thought they needed to hear. Um, and that goes a little ways and people will nod their heads and say, mm -hmm, thank you. What I found out now is that people have to ask the question. There has to be something wrong. There has to be something that they want to change, something that they want to make better. And so when people come to me and they know, here's what I don't like about my life, at least. Here's what I'd like things to look like. That's when we can start to talk. And just from the life that I've lived, um, the way that I think, the books that I read, what I've studied, if people can tell me what it is that they don't like, I usually can do a pretty good job of helping them think about how to transform that, what they need to change. And oftentimes, majority of the time, it's really just a perspective. It's a viewpoint that they have that's keeping them stuck or keeping them repeating the same cycle um, of dissatisfaction that they're in. Yeah. So that's what I do. I, I listen to people's pain points and I help them try to get past it. Awesome. And so you, you briefly touched on this, but uh, how did you get to where you are now? Like, just tell us your journey. Um, so I started off, you know, everybody has a story, I guess, but I started off as a child in my mom and my dad's story. Um, and I'll say that was tumultuous. Um, it was, there was violence um, in the relationship. And this was when I was very small, violence, drugs, alcohol. Um, and so just watching that, watching that being immersed in what does it look like for adults to be living? And what I saw from the adults around me was that um, they, were, they weren't happy and they weren't doing the things that, um, that made that happiness. Um, and I obviously, I didn't realize that at a time growing up in it, um, but that was my inside my house. Um, the rest of my family were basically alcoholics. Also my mom's cousins um, aunts and uncles. So I spent a lot of time as a child with my mom kind of picking people up off the floor, bringing sunshine to their lives. Um, 
On holidays, we're going to bring you pies and presents. We're going to come and open up your windows and clean your house and bring you whatever you want to try to bring some sunshine. Um, I started my own alcohol drug journey um, in my teen years. I was probably 14. Um, by the time I was 16, I was would probably be considered pretty well on the way to being a whole alcoholic. Um, I drank every morning. I smoked weed every morning before I went to school. I maintained a 3.5 GPA. I was involved in all of the school activities at a, at a citywide level. Um, I was just talking to my daughter about traveling with school. So I was, I was involved and I was drunk and <laughs> high most of the time. Um, and went to college, um, you know, same, same kind of MO, did the same thing in college. I got my real estate license when I was there. Um, I always wanted to be um, rich. And I don't know why or where it came from. Uh, Might have been from watching Dallas when I was little. Who knows? Um, but I always wanted to. And there was nobody in my family that would have like really given me that idea. They all were factory workers. Um, so I got my real estate license when I was in North Carolina. I bought my first house when I was 19. And I thought I was well on my way to I was going to retire at 30. Um, and yeah, life was beautiful. And then I broke up with the person that I moved to North Carolina with. And um, it was kind of the first time that life happened for me. Before that, I watched life happen for all these adults who I just thought were goofy and didn't know how to do it properly, mm -hmm. right? Wait, watch me, watch what I can do. And yep, 19 smacked me right in the face. Um, so uh, I ended up coming back home. So I have this house in North Carolina. Now I came back home and started working here and um, started a company doing real estate and loan origination. Kept doing that for a while, still drunk, alcoholic, uh, went to several treatments. Um, and uh, there was, I went to Hazel then ultimately and ended up stopping drinking when I was there. Um, got married, had kids. I um, ended up doing IVF to have my kids and got divorced. Like it's been, it's been life. It's been a busy life. Um, and now I am able to talk to people about what that journey was like of how did I stop drinking? How did I go from not being able to have children to going through this IVF process three times and having kids as a result of it? Um, getting divorced and needing to figure out how to go from staying home and, and taking care of my kids to still somehow staying home and taking care of my kids, but paying all my own bills on my own. Yeah. Um, and all of that I was only able to do because of the fortitude that I don't know where it came from, um, but a mindset, a mindset that allowed me to continuously feel like things were not happening to me, but were happening for me to grow. Um, and always looking forward and really, really just having faith and confidence that where I was going, I was still going. And this was, these were all just sort of Mm, things that I needed to do. They were necessary things to be able to understand and appreciate. Um, and now I'm thankful that I can talk to people and, and, and teach from that perspective of overcoming repeatedly, overcoming and then staying on my feet. That I think you touched on something that is a really a key thing. And that is that mindset, 
that mindset of these things are happening so I can grow, right? Like yeah. that, that you, cause you have two choices. You can either be, I'm a victim of this reality or mm -hmm. I can learn and grow. That's pretty much the only two options that you get. That's it. That's it. And when you know that it's for your growth and when you can have, there definitely is a degree of faith, um, in the universe, faith in God, faith in something that when you talk and when you pray and when you work and effort at these things that it's being received, that that effort is being appreciated and received and it's coming back to you. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with maintaining the mindset. It's hard to just be positive. Um, people talk about um, toxic positivity now hmm. of you know, and I think that comes from that idea of, oh, it's okay. Just be positive. What's look at the bright side. There's a silver lining. And when you've just got smacked around and nothing's going right and you don't have money to pay your bills, it can be hard to see the silver lining. Um, but if you have some confidence in, in just the systems and energy and knowing that you're putting something good out, that something good is going to come back to you, I think is what helps me maintain that perspective. And it is active engagement in perspective. I am not, it's not always uh, sun and roses. Sometimes sure. it, it still gets hard. And, and I just maintain that. I, I go in my bag, my bag of tools and, and think about how do I get out of this and what's really happening and how do I change this perspective? How do I make it better? How do I make this, how do I take this and make myself stronger and more fortified as a result? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, again, that's, a growth mindset right there. <laughs> so what uh, you started out in realty um, mm -hmm. and, and I know you're still doing that now to some degree, but you're moving into this, this transformational kind of coaching. Yeah. Uh, what was it that inspired you to, to make that change? So I've, I've always wanted to do it. When I was in treatment, I would talk to people about, I don't know, does, about um, improving their lives and giving some bits of information that I learned or read. Um, and it actually started in treatment of people telling me that I should teach or asking me if that's what I did. Um, and then I, when I was, uh, as part of my real estate career, I'm a real estate instructor also. Mm -hmm. um, realtors are required to take a certain amount of continuing education each year. Um, and I was teaching that required module or that required um, education for the realtors. And it was bumming me out. It was very, um, what we were talking about for the last couple of years is the history of diversity um, in real estate okay. um, and teaching all over the state um, and just talking about race and racism constantly is exhausting and it's devastating and it's, sad and it makes me angry and I didn't want to do that. It was taking all of the life force from me to teach this class. Um, I enjoy talking to people, but I wanted to transition away from talking about these sad negative things and instead talk about perspective. Why do we think these things? What is it about us as individuals that make us have these negative viewpoints and project that forward? And so instead of talking about rules and regulations, um, I had chosen instead to talk about 
what motivates us, talk about our perspectives, talk about who we are and how that impacts how we see other people. Um, I think that if we were all nicer, happier people, there probably wouldn't be racism, probably wouldn't be necessary. So I decided let's focus on that instead um, because that gives me life, not talking about um, what's wrong and the rules and regulations. And I feel like I figured something out, honestly. I feel like I figured out a, a magic solution of how to change your life. And I want to share that with people. We're going to get to that in a minute here. <laughs> I got to hear about the magic solution. The magic um, bullet. <laughs> now, um, I know that you read a lot you, you, uh, and you listen, you listen to books, you listen to podcasts. What are your favorite go-tos or, or if you were going to give us some, some ideas of some books to, to read that would help in to kind of get in the mindset that you're talking about, what would mm -hmm. give us some examples of uh, where, where you educate yourself? Yeah. Um, so I think pivotal books that if, I think if we could have people read them in junior high, we'd have a better society. Um, the Road Less Traveled, for sure. Um, that's Scott Peck. I think that um, just looking at it, it really takes a lot of assumptions. It looks at a lot of assumptions that we make <clears throat> and a lot of ideas and says, is that accurate? And if that isn't the idea, do we actually act out of that? Um, and it makes us dig into the assumptions that we've been given by society and our families and whatever um, and, and really look at, is that true? And, and are we functioning out of that? And is that serving me? Um, the Four Agreements. Uh, again, I think super simple, um, super simple, but really all encompassing to look at what are we doing um, and how am I managing my life? There's a bunch. Those are the two books that I probably go back to and reread um, and encourage other people to read. Um, oh, there's a there's little short book. Um, I'll think about it. I'll get back to it. It's a downloadable book. Okay. Okay. I'll think no, about no it. No worries. And, and if you need to just, we'll you just let me know. We'll put it in the show notes as well. If we don't okay. come up with it right now. Okay. Uh, so let, let's say, so you're in the coaching industry. What, what is something that you'd like to see more of in the coaching industry? Um, so I'm, I'm newer to the coaching industry from my perspective of having been coached and what I'm looking to do. I think really just talking to people and having them again, ask the specific question. I think it's really easy. And it's what we do is we prescribe a way of living to everybody. It's like a one size fits all hmm. shirt um, for people that don't, we're not one size fits all. Um, you should either run a business or you should work a job. And if you work a job, you should work this kind of job. You should have kids at this age, this kind, these two, this way. Um, and I think in that is what causes people's dissatisfaction. So what do we need to do in coaching? Really get people to identify what it is that they want by doing the work. There is work that has to go in before you can even talk to somebody and say, fix this for me. There's work that an individual has to do to say, what are the beliefs that you have about yourself? What are you operating out of? What do you think that you're entitled to? 
if you don't think that you're entitled to anything and you think that life here should be miserable because it's greater later and you're gonna you know then that's gonna look away and we should all know that because that's gonna you're gonna treat me away too if it doesn't really matter right now if, yeah. it's, if we're just worried about later um i mean i think that that's what's missing generally i think that that's what's missing generally is really a hard look at individuals what do you need not your neighbor not what you're supposed to do not what you're supposed to have done by a certain age what fills you up? What makes you happy? I think that we all are come here with a gift um, and it doesn't have to be something huge. People hear gift and they think that they're supposed to, you know, be Michelangelo or Einstein and that's not the case. Whatever it is that an individual has or does, some people are extremely patient. Some people are extremely kind. Some people are math wizards. Whatever a person's gift is, I feel like we could identify that and encourage people to live out of that. And mm -hmm. that would make us much better, much further along also, if we were living out of our gifts and not thinking that we needed to put that away and make ourselves be this other thing or this other way to fit in with society. Everybody does that and people aren't happy. And, and we're not progressing very well as a society either. Doesn't look like it's working. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I resonate with that a lot. Having, having been that person, right. Who went down that path for many years of what I thought I was supposed to do. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's kind of frustrating when you look back and realize that you've done that. Mm -hmm. It's also freeing to finally step out of it. And it's not, it's not like a one and done. It's not like you go, Oh, there we go. Now I'm living my life. I'm following my path. It's it's there's still a process to that. Yeah, it's when you just said that it makes me think of pulling off uh, onion layers, but yeah. it's like the damn onion keeps growing back faster. And you're <laughs> like, okay, I thought I took this stuff off and I'm not doing that. But here I am, you know, still living this way or still working this way. What is happening? And it is it's a trick. Society is a tricky thing you feel like you need to be operating in a particular way and shape. And if not that, um, I mean, you, I feel super weird if I don't do the things that I'm supposed to be doing. I would much rather be living in a, in a tent someplace in the middle of the forest, but not yet. <laughs> <Here> you are. <laughs> and how do you know that, how do you know when you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing? Um, I think that I think that there's peace. I think that you feel comfortable and confident. Um, so uh, being self-employed, being in real estate, uh, I love my life. I love it. I couldn't really do anything else um, where people get up and go to work and do what somebody else is telling them to do or do what they have to do. I still do what I have to do, but that getting up and going to work, I was never good at. I did it. I didn't like it. And I wasn't good at it. I did not feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. um, though things, you know, I've got problems today. Significant problems. But, but uh, I am confident that it'll all be resolved. It'll be fine. And I would rather have those big problems and be here doing this podcast with you and looking outside than anything else. Those are my problems and I'll tackle those problems. I, 
we're not going to get through life without having sad days and mad days and having things that don't go right. Um, the road less traveled, the first sentence in it is something to the effect of life is hard, get over it. Like we know that. So now that you know that, let's not cry about it. Let's just solve our problems and keep moving. Um, so I'll take those problems over other problems. And that's how I know that I'm living the best life that I can right now. And like you said earlier, I'm constantly evaluating and adjusting. It's a series of dials, right? Yeah. My kids right now are 13 and 11. There's a degree to which I need to be present. When they were three and five, there was a different degree to which I needed to be present. Yeah. When they're, you're right. So things like that change. Um, when I had one property, I had a certain degree of involvement. That was great. Now I've got several. It's different. Yeah. Um, so adjusting those dials in how much um, I want to be doing something, is that still filling me up? You know, I love being able to go work on houses. Not when there's 10. When there's two, that's fun. When there's 10, I don't want to do that anymore. Somebody else needs to do that, right? I'm adjusting the dials. But I'm aware now and I know that I have the capacity to do the things that I need to do, to change the things that I need to do. I know that I'm allowed to be happy. I know that there is an expectation for me to be joyful. If I am not joyful, I'm adjusting dials. Mm -hmm. That's my set point. I don't like being less than joyful. Yeah. Um, and so, and so it is, it's constantly evaluating, constantly, you know, retooling and always having the, um, you have to put yourself first. You have to decide that be, before anything else happens, I'm going to get my joy back up. I'm going to fill my joy cup up. And then once that's together, I can do the rest of the things. Um, and having the confidence to do that and knowing that that's how it ought to be, I think is what allows me to keep, keep dinkering and tooling at it while I'm moving forward. What do you think is most misunderstood about coaching? Um, I think that people think that it's a, that it's a magic bullet. I think people think you're going to solve it for me. So if you're my coach, Joshua, and I'm, I'm hiring you because I like your life. I like where you're at. I want to get to where you're going. So I'm going to ask you to come and coach me. You can tell me all the things that you've done. And that really is not going to do very much for me because I'm not going to become you. Um, and I think that that's what happens. I've had that happen several times to me that people have come to me and said, Rochelle, I love your life. I love everything that you're doing. Um, you get to stay home with your kids. You travel. You've got these properties. It's great. I want to do it. And I'm like, I will tell you everything, everything that I did and everything that I know. And still people are like, well, that didn't work for me. And it's because that's not what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to be me. They're supposed to be them. And they need to find out what they need to do and then work towards that. Um, the things that make me successful in what I do also are the things that I need to fight against. I am a extremely tenacious person. Works great when that's necessary, but I'm extremely tenacious when it's not necessary. Mm. That drives everybody insane, right? <laughs> Persistence, when we don't need to persist, when we can just let that go. Here I am in the background, but what, 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 maybe we should, but maybe we, but no, we're not going to put that persistence down. We don't need that right now. 
Um, and so I think that's, I think people think that they're going to go to a coach and they're going to get told this, this, and this execute, and then it's going to be done. And it's not that because you're not going to do the same three things that I did. You yeah. probably don't need those three things. You might need 10 things and they might be completely different things. You might need two things and, but they're different things. And before you can even get to those two things, we need to figure out what do you even think? What are you even expecting? Right. Where are you really trying to go? And, and, and I think that our society and, uh, you know, the, the fast nature of everything, the, um, makes me think of abs of steel and, you know, 10 easy steps and all of that. You know, if everything was three easy steps or 10 easy steps, again, we wouldn't need those things. <laughs> we right. would all be living our best lives. Right. So I think that's what happens. I think people just have false, false ideas of what's going to happen and what another person can, can deliver to them to make their life better. It's not just a delivery. And there you go. Now you're off and running. Yeah. Yeah. It, what you said, it sounds like really it's all about asking those questions as a, mm -hmm. as a coach. That's really what you got to do is ask questions and let the client mm -hmm. pull out the, the resource that they probably already have. Yeah. And, and I think that meeting less frequently where coaches a lot of times want to meet very frequently, I think meeting less frequently so that you can have time to integrate in the ideas that have been talked about, integrate in some new practices, habits take 21 days. If we're meeting monthly, you could have integrated a whole new idea, a whole new way of being. And then from that, you've literally stepped up and now we can address the next thing. And now we can address the next thing. So often, just like getting a book, if you get it all and read it all and take it all in, but you haven't step-by-step -step integrated it, it doesn't really do you any good. It's back of the mind information that when you're ready for it, you might be able to more quickly access it, but it doesn't, you, we don't just take in tons of information and, and adjust our lives. Right. Yeah. That's, that's that piece of, like you said, with the book, how many books have I read where yeah. you read the book and then you put it down and you read the next book and, and yeah. all that information is just essentially lost. Yeah. I'm looking at my pile of books yeah. as I said that, like, how many books have I reread? Surely I wouldn't need to reread the books, right? Right. I would just sit in a library for a year if I could just read and, and get better. Yeah. <laughs> what do you all know? Give it to me. <laughs> well, so I want to come back to your, your, your magic bullet that you talked about earlier. So yeah. Uh, do, is this uh is this something that you can share with us that we can start to utilize? I changed my mind. But uh, <laughs> you changed your mind. What do you mean? Changed my mind. Um. So when I was at Hayes, so I had been to, I want to say five or six different treatments, um, in a short time span, uh, maybe three years. And the last time, number one, I decided, I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore, that there might be something else for me in life other than uh, being drunk and having my family wonder if I was going to, you know, make it through the night and answer the phone the next day. I didn't want that anymore. Um, and called Hazelden, did the way, got into detox. Um, when I got out of detox, Hazelden, the, the, uh, building that I was in 
was on a lake and I went and sat on this lake and my mom had given me this book, the 12 step prayer book. And I opened it up randomly and you would think I would know this by now, but I don't. I'm going to paraphrase. I opened this book up randomly and the prayer that I got to said, basically, um, I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I'm going to be, but thank you, God, that I'm not what I used to be. Mm. And in the moment that I read that I'm not what I used to be, I decided that that was literally the moment before. And that's all we have, right? We have this moment and we have the next moment and the moment after that. And um, I decided that I was done with that. And so that's the, that's the choice. big thing. It's choice. <laughs> yeah. I changed my mind. I changed my yeah. mind. And, and, and I say that because that's literally what I did. And also it's all that behind the scenes work, yeah. the same things that I was talking about. You can't just go to a coach and say, fix it for me. You can't just go to a therapist and say, fix it for me. You have to know, you have to do some internal work of why am I like this? And not only just why am I like this, but who am I? How do I feel about myself truly? My dad was an alcoholic and I felt like I was my dad's kid. Um, I felt like my brother was my mom's kid and they're a different type. And it was just my lot in life that I'm my dad's kid and that's what it was gonna be. Um, I was, people thought I was super smart and talented and I just thought, That'll, that's going to be my story. It'll be the sad story at my funeral. People will talk about how much potential she had and how sad it was. And I just was very resigned to that. That was my reality. Um, and then I just, I threw a series of maybe not, maybe I'm not like my dad. Maybe I am my mom's kid too. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is, and I just through that process changed my mind. And in that moment was when it was solidified. Um, I decided it's not important. Drinking is not important. I don't need to drink before I do everything. It's just not. Um, and then I could, I was entitled to better. I, there was better for me. Um, and so from changing my mind, I took, I removed the option. I removed the option. Mm. Before that, it was a debate in my head. Well, maybe I could, maybe just a little bit, maybe before this, maybe on that day, maybe at that time for that event. And I just decided, no, for what? It's not important. I don't need to be trying to find a time to drink. For what? What does it do for me? Mm -hmm. It's not important. I don't need to find that. Um, and I haven't since. And it was, it worked to change my mind. Do or do not as do, Yoda do says, right? <laughs> I've got baby Yoda right here. <laughs> so so you know, I, I, I know when we first got on the phone, Rochelle, you were, you gave me a little tour of your, of your room and you showed me all of these amazing different affirmations. So I, affirmations are your jam. My affirmations are my jam. Can you give yeah. us a, a technique to create affirmations? Something that you use that you could share with the listening audience? Yeah. Um, so my affirmations really are, um, affirmations cloaked as manifestations. So I am affirming who I am becoming, where I am going, what I am creating. I am, I'm affirming that in the universe. Um, and so when you're going through this, it is not about what you're trying to get. It's not about having something. 
It's about feeling away. So even when people are stuck right now, thinking about what feels stuck sometimes is the easiest way. It can feel like there's literally something pushing on you. And if you can identify what it is that's pushing on you, that can let you know what's making you feel stuck. And then reversing that. What's on the other side of that? What would be better than that? Instead of this thing pushing on you, what would feel better? Um, to not have anything pushing on you, to feel light. Um, and so thinking about what are those things? Um, and then I take that notion and put that into myself later on. So my later self um, is a world-renowned public speaker. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing people know me on one of my um, one of my uh, manifestation uh, images in here is a woman at a, on a stage uh, with a microphone, curly hair. She looks like a close enough to me. So I visualize that and I think, who is that person and what kinds of decisions does that person make? How does that person get up in the morning? How does that person manage their life? How does that person handle this situation? And I visualize that and I visualize what I have and what life feels like, not very specific things, not a BMW 500, but I have a car that gets me from here to there um, and the wind is in my hair. And I might write down, um, you know, that I have, I don't know, I don't really think about cars, um, but I might write down something that is desirable about my car. Um, but thinking about how you want to feel, who you are in that space and really looking at visualizing yourself and visualizing how you feel in that place and then making a list of those things. And then I look at it all the time. Um, I have a, a list in my visor of I am's. I am healthy. I am, um, strong. I am a yogi. I'm not a yogi but I'm very confident, Joshua, I'm gonna call you when I do it. I'm very yeah. confident that I'm gonna be able to do handstands um, in short order. Like a freestanding um, handstand? Freestanding handstands, oh. I'm gonna be able to backbend. I'm gonna be one of these like 50 year old gray haired women that says I just started doing these five years ago and now look at me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. so it's just- I wanna see this. I've been, I've been working on handstands for a while. Have you? Yeah. I'm not it's on my yet. list. It's, <laughs> if it's on my list, it's going to happen. I don't know when. I don't have prescribed time. Some people will say to have a prescribed time. I don't do that. I want to feel the way that I want to feel, and I want to enjoy my days, and I want to know that in the midst of that, I'm going to something. Hmm. Um, and it's so far, it's worked every time. Um, sometimes if there's a very specific thing, I'll write a very specific thing. Um, numbers, dollar amounts are good for that. Um, but otherwise it really just is thinking about how do you want life to feel? What do you want life to look like? And then writing that down. And it does, even that takes some, some work and effort. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just seeing it and knowing why not, why not, why not you, why not you're, you're getting up and making movements every day anyway, why not be moving in that direction? Um, and the biggest thing with manifestation is just believing that you can, people will say things, but never really believe that it's going to happen. Well, it's not. 
it's not if you don't think that it is, if you don't feel like you're entitled to that and that that's not out here for you. Um, yeah. Henry Ford said, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. You're right. Dr. Seuss had a, there's a Dr. Seuss one like that too, that was, I had those all over the wall too. I, love that. <laughs> I, I should learn the Dr. Seuss one. I think I'd like that one better. <laughs> Dr. Seuss quotes are great. Great. So what's, what's making you excited about the future of a personal growth? Generally for people, for people. Yeah. That it's happening, that it's a thing. Um, I mean, I'm really glad to see that the notion of manifestation is not taboo. Um, I'm happy to see people doing yoga and breath work. I'm happy to see people in therapy. I'm happy to see that the idea of going to therapy is real and common and suggested and talked about. My therapist said, you know, um, that mental health is a thing. Um, it's, uh, it has bothered me. It has bothered me for a while that we look at each other and we look different, but we would think that you think what I think, even though we look completely different. If we both look at a picture or a tree or anything, we assume that you see what I see. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why we do that. I don't know why we do that. Surely you don't see it the way that I do. If we look different, I would, our, all of our, everything's different inside of us. Um, I would think that we would take, we would know that we see things differently and think things differently. You have a very different upbringing than I did. Yeah. Our perspectives on the world are different, not just because of who we are, but because how people see us, we are looked at differently. Right. So we look at things differently. But that's not talked about and people don't assume that. They assume you see that red apple and that means the same thing to you that it does to me. You right. could be allergic to that. That could look like death to you. Yeah. To right. me, you know. So the idea of looking at people differently and understanding and appreciating that we all see things differently from being on the autism spectrum. I see a lot of people, adults, talking about um, ADHD um, or just being on the spectrum at all. Um, I'm glad for all of that. I'm glad to have people be able to talk about the way that they see things, the way that they understand things, the way that they feel things and interpret things and not have that be a judgment, but to just have it be a true understanding. I don't like that. That sound bothers me. Could you not? Sure. Absolutely. I thought it was a great sound, but yep, I won't do that. Thanks for letting me know. You know, before that, it was assumed that we all like that. It's good for all of us. So I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see that there are changes. Um, and I think from the beginning of the conversation, I think that goes towards society not not looking um, not looking and saying we all need to be doing the same things. We all need a nuclear family. We all need a nine to five job. Probably not. Everybody is, everybody's different and needs different things. And I'm glad to see that that's the case now that we are starting to acknowledge that starting to acknowledge that. Yeah. There, and you know, what's really the more, the more I live my life, <laughs> the more I, the more I realize and see that there's so many different ways to live your life. Yes, and yes. there's so many different ways to have a partnership, 
There's so many ways to have a marriage, to have, to be a parent. Like it's not just this one way is the right way. There's countless ways, same as there's countless people and, or the way I like to look at it, expressions of divinity that are experiencing what it means to be alive. Right. Yes. There's so many different experiences that there's, it's impossible to say my way is the right way or your way is the right way. Cause actually your way is the right way for you. For you. If it makes you happy. <laughs> yeah. If it makes you happy. Cause people will be whole unhappy and still say my way is the right way. And I'm like, mm. I love it when people tell my kids what they should be doing. And I'm like, please don't tell my kids. I need you to get good first. You get happy before you start telling my children what they ought to do. Let me handle that please. And thank you. Rochelle, if somebody wants to learn more about you, how can, how can we connect with you? Uh, RochelleTaylor.com would be the best way. I'm on Facebook, Rochelle Taylor. Great. I will make sure to put links in the show notes so people can find you. And, and finally, what is, what's the one insight that you want people to leave this, this show with? Oh gosh. To find out what makes you, what makes you happy and go get that with everything that you have go get at that every day all day there shouldn't be anything else that is taking precedence over what is it that makes you happy and go do that with exclusion do that love it thank you so much Rochelle for for being here with me today and uh, uh it's really been a joy to to have this conversation thank you Josh You made it to the end of the episode. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking around. I I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that's the best way to expand this message, and it would really mean a lot to both me and to my guests if you did that. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite platform or on YouTube so you can stay up to date with Superstates. And also, let me know what kind of guests or topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can simply get in touch through the comments or find me on almost all the social media platforms out there at Joshua Ray, R-E-Y, Peters. Don't be shy. I answer all of your comments. I'll see you all next week. And remember, you carry the seeds of change inside. Stay flexible. Keep growing and embrace your transformation.